0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows Weekly Threat Intelligence Podcast. I am Casey, and joining me today is Charles and Alec. How's it going, guys?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Tops up. Cool. Well, uh, we are closing in on the end of this year. The holidays are right around the corner. Yeah, and there's been some interesting stuff that we've seen just within this last week. So, I mean, to go ahead and just get started with it. Charles, I wanted to chat with you first about a potential Chinese advanced persistent threat group that's been targeting Southeast Asian government entities. Um, Based on the report that we took a look at, it looks like their campaign was pretty complex. So can you kind of give us an idea of what kind of tools they've been using?
1: Uh, Yeah. So basically uh, they kind of showed up, looks like around towards the end of 2018 and they were targeting just a wide variety of different Southeast Asian governments. Um, And uh, so the, the tool they've been using was termed the, uh, the funny dream uh, or, it was like their Funny Dream tool set, I guess, was like the Chai Ch- Proxy was one of their tools. Uh, but they typically would use a lot of uh, like uh, backdoor DLL files uh, or executables uh, on Windows machines um, that were typically delivered via um, like a, a variety of, of sources. Uh, a lot of the forensic reporting was saying that uh, there was never really like one set infection like vector. Uh, but uh, a lot of the time it would be through like spam email, stuff like that. Your typical um, stuff, yeah. Uh, but what was interesting is is they used a lot of uh, you know built-in tools and in, in Windows systems uh, to in their in their toolset to gather information, send it back to kind of help evade detection, which is a technique that we see a lot of attackers use now. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, whenever we're talking about other attackers, I guess if we were to compare them to other threat groups, how sophisticated do you think this group seems?
1: Uh, I would say they're very sophisticated. Uh, one one of their big things they were doing was getting like digitally signed binaries. Uh, they would sideload, you know, ba- their backdoor into into memory and and be able to execute it that way, uh, and then get their other droppers and other stuff like that onto the network uh, through through like legitimate digitally signed binaries, uh, and and just their their campaign, their infrastructure, uh, the skill set they wrote. There's a lot of custom tooling that they used for everything that was just like created specifically for what appears to be the singular campaign against these various government entities. Uh, So it seemed to be pretty sophisticated.
0: Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. And then I guess, you know, they're going through and they're targeting these Southeast Asian governments. What do you think their motivations might be here?
1: Um, Likely typical, you know, espionage stuff. Like, uh, you know, if you're targeting these kind of like groups of governments, uh, you're going to be wanting to collect information, see what kind of information is available and help, help uh, leadership of the uh, other, you know, other countries probably have, you know, better information for decision making processes. So mm-hmm. typical, I, I would say it's kind of typical espionage related activity. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. That makes sense. All right. Cool.
0: Thanks, Charles. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to chat about that, uh, that APT bit because we have nothing but bad news on the ransomware side today. So Alec, I wanted to go ahead and open with you on recent ransomware updates. So I guess Ragnar Locker started leveraging Facebook ads to spread the word about their new compromise. Can you kind of tell us about what happened? What did they do?
2: Yeah, definitely. So nothing really new from a ransomware perspective. We're still seeing files encrypted and data being exfiltrated, Um, but some pretty interesting updates from kind of like announcing the the breach and announcing the infection. Uh, So they, Ragnar Locker, uh, they reportedly like compromised this Italian beverage vendor uh, named Campari Group. Uh, they do a lot of liquor and spirits, uh, which in a, a time of the pandemic is very uh, important. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, so
1: the- I feel really bad because I really like Campari. So. Yeah,
0: I think we all can That's- attest to the need. For <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> right right, exactly, yeah, come on, um, but yeah, so the interesting aspect here is that um, they compromised a Facebook account for a chicago based dj uh, and in doing that, they used his account to open a Facebook advertisement uh, to announce that the breach had occurred. So yeah, kind of interesting, kind of noisy, really like public and like in your face um, aspect here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So why do you think they did this? What do you think their motivation was to turn to Facebook ads for this?
2: Yeah, I mean, with ransomware, it's all about money. So they're just trying to cause as much pressure as they possibly can on the victims to pay the ransom. And so um in this case, the advertisement actually reached about 7,000 Facebook users and it generated 770 clicks. Um, so, really, I mean, the goal is just to kind of like get it out there and get it known that, hey, Campari Group, this doesn't look very good on your brand. So, again, you know, just increasing the pressure on um, the victim to go ahead and pay the ransom because not only now is the victim facing, you know, the fact that their systems are encrypted and the important files that they don't have access to, but additionally, uh, you know, they lost the data that is now threatened. Threat, they're threatened to, you know, publish online. But now, additionally, there's the, you know, potential brand fallout of um, Facebook users seeing, hey, this big brand that I know of is being has been impacted by ransomware. This, you know, doesn't look good. Um, and so, again, it's just all about trying to drive that victim to pay the ransom and increasing pressure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see how kind of moving that degree a little bit closer to their customers could really affect or rather really damage their brand. So really interesting tactic here. Um, So with this, what do you think we should expect from this in the future? Do you think other groups are likely to adopt this approach?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if it is widely uh, adopted across the ransomware landscape. It's not like it's something that would be difficult to do. Um, it's just a matter of if it, it proves to be uh, fruitful from a payment perspective. So if it works, you know, and that's what we saw from, you know, data exfiltration when Mays started doing this and started their own data leak site, uh, everybody kind of jumped on board because it made sense. So if it makes sense, then they're, they're going to go ahead and adopt it. I don't necessarily think that this is going to be, um, this exact tactic of using Facebook advertisements might be a, the new thing. I think it's definitely uh, a trend as far as ransomware variants are going to get more noisy in their uh, like announcements of like breaches. I mean, potentially uh, you could see, you know, the use of social media, but um, as we'll talk about later in the podcast about a Gregor and kind of, you know, doing some, some new things uh, that kind of just really goes to say that they're just trying to let it be known that they're, they're active and they're targeting and uh, you know, trying to, like I said, just increase that pressure to pay that ransom because that's the ultimate goal. It's all about money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you, you segued us perfectly right into that next topic because these guys are getting pretty noisy. So recently, uh, Gregor, <laughs> their ransomware began printing out ransom notes as devices were encrypted. So Alec, ransom notes being printed don't know if this is like a method of the future or just some sort of weird antiquated i don't even know (laughs) what do you think or why do you think the group actually used this method in their ransomware attack
2: yeah i mean it's it's super interesting (laughs) um i don't know it's it's kind of hard to say i think it it might just be in a case of like, hey, we have the functionality to do this, so like, let's go ahead and do it. And I mean, it just goes to show the sophistication behind Egregor, Gregor um, and you know, just how prominent they really are. Uh, considering that the ransomware is fairly new, it popped up in the end of September, uh, it kind of goes to show that this malware variant is very technically sophisticated. There's a lot to say that it, it has a lot of um, sophisticated makeup to avoid uh not only detection but even you know reverse analysis of like the malware itself it it does a really good job of uh, evasion and uh, anti-debugging the malware so i really just think it was just kind of like hey this is something we can do so might as well why not
0: yeah we can do it so let's do it yeah that makes sense i feel like
1: I feel like it has kind of like, like almost like there's a psychological impact too. Like if, if you think about, you know, cause they're like, you're watching this stuff happen in real time. And there's so, so many of these will display like a, a message on there. Like, Hey, this is what we're doing. So like, I just to imagine like you're at your computer and that message pops up and then all of a sudden something like starts popping, like printing on your, on your printer and like, like it just, Mass I feel chaos. like there's, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's definitely just like, like a, almost like a psychological component there to just like show like, Hey, we own your entire network. Like, yeah,
2: absolutely. So, and yeah. I mean, like in this case, the, the Twitter videos are pretty cool. Like just seeing yeah. like, these, you know, CBS receipts looking things that are just <laughs> like mile long. Like, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny and it's gotten some, I mean, well not, you know, the whole ransom itself isn't necessarily funny, but it's kind of interesting. And um, you know, it's gotten a lot of attention across social media and really, these malware variants, they want to be the top dog. They want to be, you know, they go to the number one that's talked about the most. And so doing these kind of unique things is a way to go about that. Uh, the ransomware landscape is only going to continue to get more saturated. And so cutting through that, being that kind of, you know, number one champion and like, Oh, I can do this. Like it's, it's definitely something that we're going to continue to see and it, we'll see some unique things. And, uh, you know, maybe some of these things get adopted across the ransomware landscape, but, Egregor is, is definitely making its name right now. Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. And, you know, actually, I wanted to originally talk about Darkside after this, but we're on the topic about Egregor, and we're just kind of running through that group right now. So just in the last two weeks, I went ahead and did a shadow search on it. Egregor has affected and posted 75 different organizations on their leak site. And I think that's absolutely insane. So over time, reports have said that Egregor has received so much media attention due to Mays shutting down, uh, which we all remember and we were surprised by. Um, affiliates seem to be actually flocking to Egregor, and they very well might be taking Maze's place. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly feels that way. For Egregor to step on the scene at the end of September and twenty-five September um, this year and and really now be such a sophisticated piece of malware. It just goes to show, it really seems like they they had some help from, you know, either help or they are just maze operating under a different name. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, this is, there's some uh, reports alluding to this too, and just looking at some of the ransom notes and similar similarities there, similarities um, from their target sectors. So, yeah. Gregor is doing a lot of targeting of industrial uh, goods and services and Maze did that as well. So uh, there's a lot to say that there are some similarities and I mean, everybody kind of knew that Maze wasn't really going away.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think in one of their posts, uh, they actually did say like, we'll be back eventually. So this might just be exactly that. I mean, some other things to back up your point. Um, so Maze. They're already on their way out. We already mentioned that. They're still offering support, I think. But then on the other hand, SECMET, those operators, their site has been down for weeks. So I've been waiting for this possible conglomerate of ransomware operators. So I'm wondering if this is actually it. So but yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah, definitely curious like the, to see what happens. The like Avengers of the ransomware groups yeah. are just like combining together to form like this ultimate ransomware team. But-
0: but like bad, like not, not good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The anti Avengers. (laughs) Nice. All right, cool. So yeah, like, like Alec was talking about, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens, but it's not looking too good for us and it's looking exponentially great for them. So stay tuned there guys. And then, uh, finally, uh, dark side. So we wanted to do a, a quick chat about them. So, they are currently recruiting affiliates on uh, the Rus- Russian language cyber criminal forums XSS and exploit uh, to some this might sound familiar so don't know Kibi actually did this about a month ago I think and uh, they had deposited 1 million dollars into XSS so whenever they did do that deposit it was to give peace of mind to potential recruits and dark actually did something very similar. And it looks like they actually deposited 20 Bitcoin, which accounts for roughly 305 US dollars. But in their original post, they um, were looking for a limited number of stable and decent partners who understand why you need to upload data, what backups are and how to delete them. Um, They also said that their average payout would be around 400K. They didn't give a specific currency lister, but uh, we're guessing it's going to be USD. And then beyond that they're not interested in any English speakers they don't want any quote-unquote doubtful personalities secret service employees or information security company analysts and they also said that they wouldn't accept users who install dedicated servers and engage in activities other than supplying networks or those that want to get into pen testing and make millions so this whole (laughs) thing is really interesting And uh, we actually put out a blog on Dark Side. I believe that was back in September. I'll go ahead and drop the link in the show notes for any listeners who want to take a look at that. But whenever they released a press release on their blog site, they specifically stated that they would not be targeting uh, certain organizations or uh, companies within certain industries. And in, this, in these two new posts... They stated that um, they their new affiliates cannot target medical institutions, educational institutions, public sector organizations, such as municipalities, governmental bodies. You also cannot target charities and nonprofit organizations or victims of the Commonwealth independent states. So it all seems wildly interesting to me.
1: I mean, so who can you target?
0: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's it's all really interesting, and yeah. we were kind of trying to draw. Whenever this uh, this press release came out, we were kind of trying to draw out like why mm-hmm. would they not want to affect these kinds of organizations because there's so many other groups that are. So I don't know if they're really trying to set themselves apart as like a a weird Robin Hood ransomware <laughs> operator or what. It's I don't know. It's all really interesting to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, to kind of pigeonhole yourself into a certain area, uh, especially when, you know, the other ransomware variants that are doing so good, kind of just going about targeting everybody and anybody that's uh, available or vulnerable. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they kind of take this high road, so to speak, (laughs)
0: Yeah, it definitely kind of seems that way. And I mean, since they're now recruiting affiliates, I'm curious to see if their activity starts increasing Uh, because, you know, we saw sort of no come in and they did really well. And then they wanted to hire three different recruits. And then, you know, we see generally about the same um, activity from them. But now I'm curious if DarkSide gains a few more people on their team, especially with this network access, if they'll be able to kind of up their uh, frequency of targeting.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I mean it's all about just trying to make a name for yourself in this saturated ransomware landscape and be uh be unique in your own way. So I think like DarkSide's going about that the same the same way other ransomware teams are trying to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the bigger your name gets, the more fear you will instill in your victims and the more likely they are to pay their ransom. So
2: yeah. this is all a more, really
0: weird cycle.
2: <laughs> yeah. The more affiliates you get, you know, the more yeah. victims you're going to get, the more you know, potential security professionals or secure, like, you know, black hat professionals are going to be willing. Yeah. <laughs> like the really technically sophisticated ones that are going to develop some really cool, you know, malware are going to be the ones that are, are going to be wanting to join your team. Yeah.
0: yeah, establishing totally that agree. name
2: for yourself, it's just super important to the, the ransomware variants.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. That should wrap us up. But before we get to some sort of weird question, which I haven't thought of yet, I uh, figured I'd go ahead and drop some plugs. We've had some interesting stuff released this week. Uh, for one, Rick who is not joining us today. He actually just got done presenting at Triangle InfoSecCon, and he presented on cybercrime trends. So we're going to go ahead and have that link in the resources. Uh, Also, I just did a ransomware webinar covering Q3 (laughs) Q3 twins trends in 2020. And then also we had a holiday cybercrime blog drop just today. So listeners, whenever you listen, it'll be Friday and it'll be Thursday that the blog was published. And then finally, uh, Digital Shadows was actually featured in a Security Magazine article, uh, and that covers the 2020 Wisconsin voter database that was listed for sale on RAID Forum. So check that out if you have any curiosity there. Okay, so as for the question this week, we're going to keep it festive because Thanksgiving is Thursday. So Whenever you are at Thanksgiving, what is your favorite
1: thing? Uh, So I can't really, I don't know the name of it, but my (laughs) mother-in-law makes it and uh, I've always jokingly just referred to it as sweet potato surprise. Um, but it's 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 some kind of like mashed sweet potato and like apple and like orange juice and some other stuff in there. But it's, this is really just awesome, like mashed sweet potatoes, basically. That sounds uh, fantastic. They're they're amazing, and I always eat enough to hate myself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's by far my favorite. Second favorite would be like uh, like good like sausage stuffing. So yeah,
2: yeah. Charles took mine with the the sweet potato, uh, but I would say. I've been making this prime rib for the past couple of years, um, just like Fancy. lathered and buttered, and just kind of, you know, cooking it real slow uh, throughout the day. It's been coming out pretty good, so been a pretty good one for Thanksgiving. Man, that sounds fantastic. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. We're going. We're going to Vegas.
2: <laughs> come come on over.
0: <laughs> yeah, mine would probably be. Um, I'm one of the weirdos that actually likes the turkey. But generally, we'll we'll smoke ours first, and then we'll deep fry it. So uh, I also hate myself, but just with a bite. I don't even have to eat a lot of it, and I hate myself because it's fried. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, can't be it. What What are a few but, extra calories after we've already been at home since March? So there's that.
2: I feel like Thanksgiving is just an underrated holiday. It's just I mean, like how can you beat? Good food, family, and football.
1: Football, yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's really football when you're just watching the Cowboys lose all the time.
0: I mean, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I mean, that didn't hurt me. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I know Alec is a uh,
2: Packers fan. Yeah, a huge
0: Um, Packers fan.
1: I can't. I don't even remember the last time
2: I watched a football game, but I heard that. uh, Jerry Jones is running tryouts for a, a new quarterback, so you should, <laughs> should look into that draw. You
1: just head on down there. Replace <laughs> oh, replace Dak.
2: It's Dak's it's hurt so bad Dak's would, right now.
1: I could be at least as good as Tony Romo, I feel like. Oh, like I yeah. all, all I just stand in the backfield and get hit. Like that's
2: <laughs> Rick would be so upset if he was on this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> Um, that should wrap us up for this episode. Thanks so much, Charles and Alec for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Happy to be here.
0: Cool. Thanks listeners for tuning in and we will chat with y'all next week. Bye.